0: Welcome to McDonald's. What can I get you today? Hi, she'll have the quarter pounder with cheese, extra mustard, no pickles. and I'll have a 10-piece chicken McNuggets. And two, and two sides, sides of ranch, please. The we've done this before meal. Get it at McDonald's when you get two of your faves for just six bucks. Limited time only. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price.
1: Today's podcast is sponsored by RX Bar. For 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com slash baldmove and enter promo code baldmove at checkout.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Bald Move Television, the podcast where we, to the best of my knowledge, consider all of television. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything we haven't considered yet, except for what we're about to talk about today. It's And I'll say it's the officially official podcast for all of television. Yes. Television I, called. I, they said, you guys are it. They did. They did. We said, no, wait a second. Do you mean, like, cable? Bro- do you mean terrestrial broadcast? Do you, and they're like, no, television has called. <laughs> I
1: couldn't refuse the call. Television, television was played
0: by Gillian Anderson <laughs> and she called and she was dressed up as David Bowie and she said, "Uh we 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 got the we got the official nod." So that's what we're doing today. The small segment of television we're going to be covering today as part of our larger all television mandate is uh the 2017 le- uh, late release of Black Mirror just just squeaked yeah. under the wire. The 29th, I think. Yeah. They put that out which
1: makes it ineligible for Baldys. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, I suppose, I suppose, I suppose. Yeah, because
0: we just didn't have time to watch it, and now
1: we're getting around to
0: it. But I do love watching Black Mirror ever since I've discovered it, and mm-hmm. I do love talking about Black Mirror because it's a show that begs you to say, what do I think about this show? It's essentially uh, a caution, it, it's it's just an endlessly cautionary tale about the effects of technology on culture. Uh-huh. Um. And we had a rollicking commission podcast about the the first season. I think, yeah. Maybe one of these days we'll get around to season two and three. But I still haven't season
1: seen season three yet. I've For seen a reason, lot of it. it.
0: I've seen a lot of it because when we watched the first season, like I'm like, holy shit! If I'd known this show was like this, yeah, you know, I would have been watching <laughs> it the whole time and I, like I a consumed a technolo- lot of it. technological Twilight Zone, essentially. E- essentially, yeah. yeah, yeah. So now I will say to open up our so. What did you think of this season as a whole of Black Mirror? Or is that even a useful thing to say about six completely unrelated right. shows that happen to be about the social implications of technology on culture?
1: No, I mean, certainly, like, if if I were somebody who were looking to either renew or cancel Black Mirror, I would be thinking about that because you kind of have to. Um, so I, I don't think it's entirely, you know, pointless to talk mm. about what you thought as a whole – Um, overall, I enjoyed the season. Okay. I I think there were a lot more hits than misses for me in this season. Yeah. Um, But perhaps not as much as, like, season two I really enjoyed, Um, and and as well season one, but I haven't seen season three.
0: I think that's that's different about this season of Black Mirror is there's one or two episodes, probably two episodes, that I thought completely fell flat on their face that had kind of laughable... Technology and the implications on society in a way that, like you know, it's like they 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 jumped too far ahead. Like usually, Black Mirror, and you know, yeah. Black Mirrors made me laugh. Black Mirrors made me cry. Black Mirrors made me very, very angry, uh, and I enjoy all those emotions it generates. But derision yeah. is not like some of these episodes felt like jumped two or three epochs in technology ahead to where. We didn't see any of the resulting society transformations that all the intermediate steps. We just jumped to, like, look at this absurd conclusion. Hmm. People can just download your memories and use them against you in a court of law. Like, like I was like, what the fuck? When, when, I mean, I get that we, like, shit on our rights of privacy right now, but how the hell do we get to this, this world? And that's the first time that, like, oh. some things felt, I guess, genuinely false to me. And not in the way – like, not in, like, just me rebelling against, like, oh, I don't like what this says about current society or where we're heading. But just, like, I I, I don't know. That seems seems dumb. Yeah, I I guess I
1: never felt bad. The the ways in which some of those episodes that I think you're talking about let me down is I think they didn't do anything interesting with the premise they set up. Or anything Mm -hmm. beyond just what I initially felt they would do. Mm -hmm. Like, here's a premise – we're just going to explore it in kind of a mundane sort of way. Like I'm not interested in like the obvious conclusions on a specific piece of technology. That's never been the thing that black mirror has done so well. Most of the time it's, it's either some kind of cautionary tale where they go, Oh, you didn't think about this aspect of this technology, um, which really gets me going. Or it's some kind of like, comment they're making about our current society right and i and i think those are those ideas are in some of these episodes that i think we both thought were less than stellar but for me it was all about just like do something interesting with the concept you're setting up as opposed to just telling this fairly straightforward story yeah Like, like episode two very much feels like just a fucking straightforward like we're going to put this thing where we can see through your eyes and your brain, and mm-hmm. that's we're just going to tell a story with that, and it's yeah. not going to have any twists, and it's mm-hmm. just going to be straightforward. Yeah. Boring.
0: All right, so let's, <laughs> let's get to talking about particulars. The first episode was USS Callister. Oh, yeah. Uh, directed by Toby Haynes, written by Charlie Bur- Brooker, who wrote all the other episodes, and William Bridges collaborating. Uh it is stars Jesse Plemons, who mm-hmm. we know as uh, Meth Damon or Fat Damon, depending on whether you re- remember him from Breaking Bad or Fargo Season 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kristen Miliotti, I think is how you pronounce her name, which you're going to hear me say that a lot this episode, uh, who I've seen around, but this is the first thing I really sat up and, take, and took notice. Jimmy Simpson, who in addition to being a McPoyle, also had uh, a kind of star turn in Westworld, uh, yep. last year and Michelle cole who you would recognize if you have seen the netflix show chewing gum don't, for, uh, don't
1: forget jimmy simpson's role in house of cards as well i think oh right maybe he you're was, forgetting his amazing hacker an, animated fish on an <laughs> uh, ipad
0: uh-huh um so i will say i would open up with this like two weeks ago i was fin- we were finished up today uh, I think we were waiting to, because you know we usually don't go home the nights we go see a bald movie, and like you know I was catching up on some paperwork and and some correspondence, and you're like, whoop, well, I'm gonna go watch television, so you turned on a television, and I heard the opening bars of a Star Trek episode, like an old series episode, and I, mm-hmm. but I but I didn't, you know, I've got an encyclopedic knowledge of Star Trek, and I'm like, I don't recognize the premise of this one, like the first thirty seconds, <laughs> and I said, Jim. Are you watching the old series or the animated series? Because I haven't right. seen or remember all the animated series. I, it goes, I'm watching episode one of Black Mirror. And I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> it tricked you. I don't know what better praise you can lobby at something that's being satired than saying I found it indistinguishable from the original product mm-hmm. if I was just listening to it. Because Jesse Plemons does a pretty fucking good James T. Kirk. He does. Yeah,
1: he does a real good one.
0: Um, So, obviously spoilers for all of Black, Black Mirror. I mean, we we're about to spoil the shit out of everything. Oh, yeah. Um, so stop watching if you ha- uh, have not seen it and want to. Um. So the premise of this is... I, at first, I thought it was just... I'm like, huh, this is kind of weird. They're just going to tell a straight-up Star Trek. Like, I wonder if they're going to go back and, like redo the 70s Star Trek with full knowledge of the actual technology we have in the 20th and 21st century, and maybe right. what will that change? Like, like what is the deal? Or they're going to look into, like, how absurd, like, the very noble image of Star Trek is with, like, super high mini skirts and go-go boots. Or, like, what? what's the hook here? Mm-hmm. And eventually the hook is revealed that this is Jesse Plemons, who is a very frustrated CTO of a company that he started with his friend, uh, Jesse Jimmy Simpson, and he takes out his frustrations in a workplace on this virtual world yeah that's populated here's the black mirror angle uh, it's entirely populated by virtual clones, would you call them?
1: Yeah, yeah, exact
0: like identical simulations of
1: the people he works
0: with, which I don't know how but i'm I'm persuaded that if you were able to simulate a person so much that the simulation thinks they're that person mm-hmm. then you for all intents and purposes are dealing with an actual living human being something that can experience pain and suffering and yeah and, uh,
1: i mean now that's going to be probably one of the primary things we talk about right <laughs> for this
0: episode right um, uh, And 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 the way now the, the, it's it's a little dodgy the way they this technology works essentially he gets a dna sample from you and Somehow yeah. he has all of you. He doesn't have like an idiot. Ba- and I thought that's maybe what it was. Like when he he captures the first the 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 first woman we were introduced, and she puts her in the simulation. I thought that she was going to be like an unformed idiot person that he has to slowly teach. Right, but it's not. They you know, no. They have all the comes f-
1: equipped with all the memories and experiences of the person. Yeah,
0: which is I, I'm
1: willing to overlook it for the premise, because um, you know they they've. <laughs> It's, I guess. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to say. Hey, we're going to get you in like this cloning box, right? And we're going to we're going to hook your brain up to to this computer and map your brain without people knowing.
0: I like the way the Sixth Day did it. Remember that old Ar- Arnold Schwarzenegger where they took no. clone bodies? So that's the one thing, and then. To the guise of a vision exam, they flashed your something along your optic nerve and they used it as like a high-speed fiber optic thing into your brain where they could, they could scan within seconds your entire brain. Huh, okay. I mean, that's at least some kind of sop. Now, I guess the other thing is like I think you're supposed to understand that that Jesse Plemons has written a very popular virtual reality program. He
1: has. So it's entirely
0: possible that he could grab neural scans from anyone that's, 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 that's played the game. And, Mm. and certainly, um, Kristen, uh, whoever her character's name, that she would be one that, because she worked for the company. Well, they make it pretty clear that that's
1: not possible, right? Hmm. Because of the lollipop stuff and the, the stuff where he got he got my DNA off the lip of a cup or whatever. All right. Well, maybe so. They got... make it ex- explicit that he has to have their DNA. That's the mechanism here. Maybe that's how he gets their physical likeness. Uh, yeah, definitely physical likeness. But w- along with that comes somehow memory. All right. So
0: it seems like it's it's, it's bullshit. magic. It yeah. seems like it's pseudoscience. But right. um, so this is an examination of essentially what we think. What is a human? Sure. Combined with an examination of the toxic forms of fan culture. Um, not even fan culture. To me, it was more the the
1: toxicity of, or I guess, like, escaping into a virtual place to deal with things that you should deal with in the real world, that the, the are then expressed in in terrible ways in the real world, because you never actually deal with them, right? But
0: isn't that an interesting concept, because, like... Oh, yeah, no, it's like, like, totally interesting. Like, I think having a holodeck where you could have, like, the Reginald Barkley style of having, you know... I I don't, I mean, ah, this is... Boy, because I'm I'm wrestling with what 13 year old me thought with now what 41 year old me thinks about this stuff. But like, right, <laughs> it seems like a holodeck where you can simulate things that happen in your own life and try different things. Like if you could like get you've got a, someone bullies you and you can try out you can you can best them in the simulation or you can try out withering insults. It could be an effective form of like I guess therapy or a way to get to get over some of those traumatic things, but. You also have like, yeah. is it cool? Are we cool when we have holodecks of millions of people virtually fucking John Hamm and Scarlett Johansson, right, without their knowledge or consent? Like, if and they're I just, think that's important, if they're just yeah. if they're just simulations of people, and, and you're having sex with them on your personal holodeck, is that okay? If it's not okay, how can we reasonably stop it? And then what what if the simulation is actually indistinguishable from the actual person? Like, is it suddenly cool that people are working out their issues on a virtual world that's populated by real people? And then they're, like, super sane and nice in the real world. What the hell does that even mean? I think um, kind of
1: as it's limited to
0: this episode
1: where he's dealing specifically with coworkers Mm -hmm. whom he should have conversations with and he's dealing with – Real world frustrations with those people yeah. in a simulated virtual environment. I think that's where it becomes like this bleeding of toxicity from the virtual world to the real world. Where, as like training wor- as training wheels, maybe a simulation of somebody would be great, right? Like you're saying, go through a, a an array of scenarios where, like, okay, I approach them this way, how do they react? I approach them this way, how do they react? I mean, like, run a simulation of um, a pitch meeting you're going to have, right? You know. but. then go and have that real fucking pitch meeting. And the problem here in my mind, um, aside from the idea that these simulations are essentially people Mm -hmm. uh, in, in every respect, uh, the problem there is he never goes and deals with those toxic feelings in the real world. Yeah. And so he's always, he's carrying baggage both directions, right? Like everything that happens in the real world is feeding his simulations and vice versa. Right. So he's, he's, he's building up these people into monsters um, when they disagree with him in the virtual world right. and taking those feelings
0: into the real world. Right. It's also interesting. I, I do think there is something about commentary of, like, fandom because I've seen, with my own eyes on the internet, fans of a medium espouse worldviews that the heroes of that medium would utterly reject. Like, I've seen racist Star Trek fans. Right. I've seen, yeah. you know... Racist Captain America fans. I've seen. I've seen all kinds of shit that like it shouldn't go. Like I've mm-hmm. seen people watch Rick and Morty and and worship Rick Sanchez, which if <laughs> you've watched Rick and Morty, you should know that's 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 crazy. It's that's 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 insane. Yeah. uh Jesse Plemons is 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 doing this knockoff version of the United Federation of Planets, and he even inside the fantasy. Maintains its its adherence and, and ideals, but he's also mm-hmm. enslaving these people. Yeah. And I also like the kind of twist where, like, I thought there was going to be some really disgusting sexual pred- predation, yeah. but he's kept the <laughs> weird virginal chastity of, like, well, I, not of even. The like, fake show, right? Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. like, the real Star Trek was sexy for its time yeah. and provocative for its time, but, like, that kind of weird um, uh, pre adolescent chastity. Uh, this, like like I thought it was just gonna be fucking and sucking and all kinds of degrading shit, but yeah. it's mostly just dehumanizing shit to get people to play I don't know. That, I love the moment when Jimmy Simpson whips his pants off. Right. And he's just got this right.
1: smooth like sort of balls yeah. It's
0: like we even tried yeah. we tried rubbing them together for a couple hours, just yep. nothing. Just nothing. <laughs> so all they do is these people, all they do is they when when Jesse Plims not around, they just drink. Mm-hmm. They drank desperately uh, to try to to try to medicate their. And I thought they they could do you know they did a lot of the concept they did. But yeah. there's a couple things where he had I forget who the villain was. Was he just like a vendor that pissed J- Jesse Plemons off or something? Uh,
1: yeah, so I I don't remember exactly, but he was a coworker, sure.
0: Uh, oh, he's a coworker. Okay, uh, and he was the chief villain, and he's like physically scarred because of all the shit that the Jesse Plemons has done, and also because I guess it fits in his persona. There's one point where, like you know, Jesse Plemons, uh, the captain, had bested this guy, Mm -hmm. and he's like, "Haven't you know?" And I think they were leading to a dramatic death. And I'm like, "Huh, this is interesting because why would you keep these people around eternally? Maybe as a as a reward for good behavior, and because it's dramatically interesting, you monster Jesse Plemons, you could kill some of these people off for good. Uh And he doesn't do it. And that's That serviced the more horrifying aspect of the thing, but I also thought it was the less interesting actual possibility.
2: Hmm. Because at
0: what point do these people, like, they made a good case for Jesse Plemons that, or I'm sorry, Jimmy Simpson, that his character didn't want his son to be involved. Like, you know, that this guy had stolen the lollipop and he was cloning his son and doing awful things to him to kind of, but like... Even that after how many decades, like how many decades would you eventually say, you know what, I'm I'm out, I mm-hmm. can't do this anymore. Sure, uh, which they did play around with with Black huh. Museum, which we'll talk about at the end of the show. Yeah, we will. Um, did you have any others that kind? Of, those are kind of like my very small quibbles where I think they could have done something more interesting with the show and they didn't. But I didn't have a lot of problems with this first one. I think the first one was really, really. Dark and really well constructed, and and because of its conceit, I was on pins and needles because Black Mirror being the type of show it was, like I, there could have been the darkest of endings, yeah, and and I was pleasantly surprised, I guess, to see them kind of, uh, you know, let the the crew win against the the captain, like they had a very believable way that they. Internally hacked their way out and 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 got the real life quote unquote Kristen M- M- Miliai to to break into Jesse Plemons house and destroy all of the you know DNA evidence they've got. But then I'm like, they don't have a long term plan though. Is is the trouble
1: here? Right. Because like, look, this is the guy who created the company. Right. This guy is on the day to day monitoring and managing the cloud based system that they have, serving up all this content. He could easily find you and torture you again from the cloud. Because, he could encapsulate because the real you life, and Kristen, put him
0: back into his computer simulation. Because the quote-unquote, the, the I won't say real life, I'll say the Kristen Prime and Jimmy Simpson Prime... Have no defenses against. They don't know that Jesse Plemons is a monster, right? So it would be very easy for them to get that DNA and put him right back. And now, or
1: or even get the 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 patterns of the simulation from the cloud. Like yeah. they've escaped to a cloud which right. he himself controls. Maybe so that'll be a sequel. It's a larger subset of of, or I guess it's a larger place for them to explore. But it's still under his influence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they don't have a, lar- a long term plan. Uh, which is problematic for me. It just so happens that the firewall, you know, incapacitates daily by the end of it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's rendered, I guess, a vegetable at the end of this. Like the whole si- simulation shuts
0: down. And I think so. But essentially, like your mind, he's his mind there. was trapped inside. I mean, that yeah. that seems kind of dumb. But you know, like it's it's again, it's it's the Maybe. way. I the interface works. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. the magic way that this thing works. Yeah. Um, it's like, I don't think your whole brain literally goes inside the machine. I would think it would be some kind of link. So, like, how in the world can a firewall erase your actual neurons? I don't know. But it's, it's, it's magic. It's whatever. Yeah. I did like the <laughs> end. They also took a jab at internet culture where, like. Right. So their thing and they're just committing suicide, which was, uh-huh. would, would be victory in their, you know, the ending of their, this is kind of like, I have no mouth and I must scream, literally, at one point. Yeah. The first, the time that Jesse Plemons tortured Kristen, he just takes away her mouth, nose, and eyes, and mm-hmm. she would just endlessly suffocate yep. until he get, re- you know, because she still needs to breathe, but she can't die, right? And like, you know, that's um. I, do you know what I'm referring to? I have no mouth, but I must scream. Uh, the game. Well, you, but it was also based on a classic short oh, story that right, was written right. by. Fuck, he would be so outraged that I'd forgotten his name. Uh, a very famous science fiction author who's got a problematic relationship with Star Trek and a bunch of other stuff. He's, a, he's a, very much a curmudgeon, and I can't remember his name, <laughs> okay. and that amuses me. Uh, so, yeah. Um, it, it's a lot of that kind of, like, psychological body horror of being, being the victim of a, of a cruel god. Yeah. Uh but they also had that swipe of internet culture where like pleasantly they're they're pleasantly surprised to survive the ordeal. Mm-hmm. Now they're actually in the larger game and they're floating around and they can they got the Starship, they can explore space, which is like not a bad way to spend however long sure. this company keeps their servers on. Um but they find the player and they're like, you know, they're gonna they're gonna treat this like Star Trek, and that player's like, you know, <laughs> do you know the way kind of like he just immediately starts trolling or you know like if he can't use them or abuse them he's not interested in them right yeah he's playing a game this is their real fucking life right <laughs> like,
1: it's it's kind of fucked up did you recognize the voice no who was it Aaron Paul
0: no shit <laughs> yeah oh that's cool and he's doing like his full on Jesse too it's, that's cool <laughs> alright yeah. that's funny because it's so it's, I'm surprised I didn't because he also has a really good turn on BoJack Horseman where Aaron Paul in BoJack Horseman is not doing a voice, mm-hmm. but he is performing, if that makes sense. Sure. So, like, he wasn't yeah. doing a funny character voice for Jesse, but he wasn't mm-hmm. performing. And it's this subtle distinction is kind of interesting. Huh. That's cool. Do we have... Um, I don't know what, what more to, to, to say about this. I don't know. I mean, there's
1: still the angle of, like, are these people? Should these be treated as people? You know, like, how... How far do you go um, in saying, hey, these simulations are people? Yeah, because it's how, like... How do you afford them the same rights and and that kind of stuff as human beings deserve?
0: Right, because I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm i playing this game Fortnite, and one of the things you have to do is rescue civilians from zombies. And mm-hmm. these these civilians, who are not player characters, they're just procedurally generated people, they they scream and they run and they take damage and eventually fall to their knees and die. Mm-hmm. They're not people. Right but how far into the simulation where you've got like a like a like a like a realistic simulation of a person that you could torture and trick and deceive or make fall in love with you like when does that stop becoming a program and become a form of life also if you can that easily
1: clone i guess human beings right. um in simulated form how how quickly does the value of life degrade? Yeah. Like, how how easily can you dispose of things? And like it goes that? both Do you ways. Even treat I, them? I see
0: this working on both ways because, like, increasingly there's this. Like, I just saw in, in, in some Scandinavian country they outlawed the boiling of live rot lobsters. Okay. And it's yeah. an interesting kind of like stand in for this debate because. Simultaneous in the twenty first century we're redefining what it means to be cruel to like animals and and but we're also tolerating what's seemingly un uh, in my mind a lot of inhumanity to like our fellow man like cruelty and making them f- live in substandard conditions and and the way mm-hmm. we treat them in prison and stuff like that so like a lobster is not a person, right does it feel pain? Scientists, if you ask them a question, are kind of like eh, it, it perceives noxious stimuli and tries to withdraw itself from that situation. But so does an amoeba. Does an amoeba mean amoeba can't possibly feel pain? Would would but a person can, and a dog can, and then mm-hmm. like you go down the line until it's like you're looking at animals that like seem to suffer, but are they really suffer? Like it's 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 really an, it's it's an academic and yet real life question that I think. You know, if if we're passing laws against banning fucking boiled lobsters, I think we're pretty close, (laughs) in my mind, Uh, to passing laws banning slaughtering of civilians and video games. Well, that was going to be my question.
1: Like, would that same law apply to a very well-simulated lobster? Like, could you say, well, I've programmed this lobster to feel to feel pain yeah i programmed this lobster to recoil from the hot water right i've programmed this lobster to act like a lobster right and in this game i can throw it into a pot of boiling water yeah right because
0: the, the d- question d- is is that outlaw because the thing is like whether something feels pain which is essentially just a uh, stimulus i don't think is the question is can a can a can an organism perceive suffering and horror because if it can, okay. like if the lobster yeah. is just like it's, it's like, a, like the T eight hundred, you know, as it's going into like in the end of T two Terminator two, it's going into the hot, the hot, the hot molten magma. Yeah, it's receiving all kinds of pain signals. There's all kinds of things like as it's as it's losing consciousness and dying. There's all kinds of critical warning. This is killing you. Get out of this right now. Yeah. And but it's it's not it's clearly not suffering. It's giving the kid a thumbs up, like no, hey, I'm cool, <laughs> like. Uh, I mean, I don't think, you know, lobster obviously is not programmed to let us know that, hey, you're, it's, it's whether you boil me or not, it's cool. Like, I'll, I'll if you leave me in a tank, I'll eat my own arm. I'll right. result a can. Like, I, I do all kinds of weird shit that you guys would think is is utterly unhuman. <laughs> Look at me. I've got, like, a million legs underneath this thing. Ah, I'm a fucking a nightmares creature. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> so, like, that's a great question because, you know, this thing could be, like, like imagine if you could have a simulated biological human. Mm-hmm. That's, like, essentially a vegetable, but it responds realistically to drugs and surgeries and all kinds of other treatments. Like, that would be such a boon to medical science. Sure. You could stop using great apes as analogs and killing a bunch of pigs and mice and all this other stuff. Yeah. But, like, what if you got to simulate a mind to test antidepressants?
1: Yeah, I feel like we're going to have less less objections to, like simulating a physical body as opposed to simulating the brain, because it's, it is all about the brain, like you're saying, right? It's about what what you can feel, what you can respond to, how you can express that and experience it. Yeah. Um, so when you start simulating those types of things,
0: it becomes problematic. What if you cloned the human body, you grew it out of a vat, but you, when, you, when you genetically engineered it, it just wouldn't grow a brain? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of people to be. I mean, I, I admit that's an uncomfortable kind of like body horror fiction. But like, I guess if there was a sign-up process for that, I would sign it up because that 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 Aaron meat laying on the table getting cut and experimented on is not going to per, is not going to perceive anything. Yeah, uh, it doesn't have a you know I don't it doesn't have a soul to lose or anything like that. It's like, but but will it cheapen human life? That's the other question.
1: Yeah, um, and I think. That's um, something that they don't quite explore. Like, the the bigger questions are are not usually explored, even in this show. Um, They're just like kind of surface level, right? And even this one is sort of surface level. It's very very dark, and it goes it goes places in that regard. But it doesn't quite explore like the larger questions that I have, I guess. Mm. Which you can't do everything in an hour. No, you cannot. Uh, Shall we move on?
0: Yeah. Uh, second episode is Archangel, directed by Jodie Foster, uh, and written like they all from here on out by Charlie Brooker. Mm -hmm. Uh, this one is about a, a mother played by Rosemary DeWitt, who has played a cottage industry of playing off-kilter, somewhat crazy women, unless she's playing opposite of uh, Anne Hathaway, and then she's the stable one, Anne Hathaway's a crazy woman. (laughs) Okay. Uh, and Brenna Harding, who, as playing the daughter, which I've never seen before, but I thought she was pretty good, um... This is a parable of how involved a parent should be in their life, like what responsibilities a parent has from sheltering their child from making mistakes and the, the how one
1: note I have is overprotective mother
0: and how <laughs> and how parents can go overboard and underboard because the beginning of it mm-hmm. is the woman loses her 3-year-old in the neighborhood and then she has this kid implanted with this chip that allows her to yeah. see everything and hear everything. She can monitor her cortical stress levels. And really fucked up, she can enable a content filter, which makes something that the child <laughs> Essentially, looks Essentially, the at,
1: consequences of her actions go away.
0: <laughs> right. Like, she can't perceive her. blood. She can't see a barking dog that's scary. Like, yeah. it just blurs. And to me, it's like that makes a chi- that makes fundamentally a child less safe in the world. Yeah. Because you know that's that's something that's very interesting every once in a while children are born without pain receptors, mm-hmm. speaking of the lobster thing, and those people are almost always very short lived because it turns out like painful stimulus is critical to keeping our dumb asses alive, mm-hmm. like you know like like we would just be a walking. I mean, I'm not sure exactly why it is, but I do know that that's like, like because like you know we're, we're we don't keep us from getting abraded, we don't keep from cutting ourselves. When we have a wound, we don't keep it clean and we don't protect it because it doesn't hurt, and you just end up like, you end up dying of like massive trauma or systemic infection.
1: Yeah, evolution has only gotten
0: us so far in that regard, <laughs> right? So, uh, so I think it's I think this was an interesting and it also. This drove me crazy because, like, I had a mother who would have loved to have this thing. Like, yeah. my mom, long before I ever did anything that would have warranted it, was tossing my room for contraband and angrily confronting me with anything she found that was double-plus ungood. And this story is about how, like, how weird that would make a kid. And I identified very strongly with that.
1: And the unintended consequences, I guess, of overprotection. Um, right. And I think the filter thing is good to include in that because it kind of shows it, – it, it sort of demonstrates along the way, like, the the well-meaning of it all, I guess. Like, the parent wants to keep the daughter safe and doesn't want her experiencing these really traumatic things. And you should. And you so should. you turn this filter on. But, right. like, it, it, it starts as that, and then it eventually becomes this thing where the filter is its own worst enemy, where yeah. it breeds this kind
0: of – ...behavior that is hurting the daughter even more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And and, and the fact that, like... You know... You have this child that's born... is completely helpless... ...and if you do everything right... ...at the end you have a strong adult... ...who's capable of making decisions... ...and living with the consequences of their actions... It's all the trick, the middle ground. It's all very tricky. Like you know, sure. when do you <laughs> yeah. it's stuff? That I'm grappling right now is with a proto teenager. Like, when do you let kids watch rated R movies? When is it okay for them to start watching porn? When can they do you when stop can they correcting do them for swearing? Well, when <laughs> when when are they gonna like rip a bong? And when are they gonna f- have sex for the first time? And what kind of experimentation should they be allowed? And I think those are all great questions, and parents have to to. Um, to to take them on their own and kind of figure things out, but like the, I guess what this is is like it, that's usually a two sided. The, the child, you know, argues for their independence and and acts in ways that they gain trust, and you know they also lie, manipulate, and do all the you know because that's a way of them getting their independence. But what if there's mm-hmm. a technology where it's a completely one sided? Shuts it down. Yeah, that, yeah, you, you, and I I felt that very strongly that like I just growing up didn't have the right to make my own decisions. Mm-hmm. There are some areas that like no matter. You know, like even though I was becoming a a person with my own thoughts and feelings, like there's just no way I could ever gain sign my mother, and you know, um, and it's like a lot is like I, I felt kind of traumatized and triggered after watching this episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I also thought it was a deeply stupid episode because it's very one note, and
1: it I thought it could that, have been yeah. a
0: lot more nuanced. But it it just shows it just refused to do that. And I, I don't, but I but also like I don't if you made rosemary dewitt slightly more reasonable than this is just a standard mother-daughter relationship with a layer of technology on it and she was slightly more sadistic it would be (laughs) fucking black museum so it falls in this uncanny valley of being kind of trite and predictable and infuriating if you if you grew up with a domineering domineering parent
1: yeah i feel you on that i think this was probably my least favorite episode of this series and not to say it's bad I think it's it's saying a lot of I suppose important things, but it's it's nothing that I haven't considered before. You know? It didn't open my eyes to anything. (laughs) Right. I
0: I say it's 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 slightly below mediocre. It's not bad. I actually think the worst episode do you want to talk more about this? Uh not in particular, no. Uh, the worst episode for me of this season is Crocodile. Crocodile. With, so this is the Memory Machine. This is the the Memory Machine, uh, where this is okay. uh, directed by John uh, Hillcoat and written, of course, by Charlie Booker, Booker starring Andrea Riseborough. Mm-hmm. Um, and this seemed entirely Ki- pointless. Kieran Sonya Sauer. Uh,
1: like I, the, the resolution of this had nothing to do with the actual like technology. Like I, the, the guinea pig, right? Okay, so oh, yeah, like, so I I have problems with oh the idea that a, a thing that reads a human brain could read a guinea pig brain. Yeah, a, like what um, is a guinea?
0: Like what would a guinea pig's memory of that thing be? Right, and how would you trigger it? Right, you
1: give it a, a carrot or whatever it was eating right. that day, like right, and, and let it smell its own. Piss and and for you a while. talk to it, like I. The procedure for getting memories out doesn't seem like it would ever work with a guinea pig, but right, but uh, granting. You know that that little bit of uh, I guess latitude here. I I didn't feel like the resolution was surprising, really, in any way. No. Like the the baby ble- being blind was kind of like dark and fucked up, but it's it wasn't almost a important. Fun, it's
0: almost a funny moment, especially when the guinea pig was revealed. Like I felt right. like a it, joke. It was
1: completely unimportant, and and. Everything leading up to it, I was thinking, this is a bad person. Mm-hmm. This is a bad person that I don't want to succeed. Right. I don't want you
0: getting away. I want them to catch you. Well, the other thing is she's a bad person, but, like, what was interesting to me is that she tried to do the right thing, and arguably she was both, bull- like... In the this, beginning, yeah. When this dude came back and started all this ruckus, I would have said, yes, go. Like, I, I wanted to do that on that day, and you forced me, and you took my phone so I couldn't do anything else but help you, and I'm in the middle of this wasteland, and what if you kill me? If I like, like, it's an easy argument to make that she was forced. Now, I mean, I— In the moment, but I mean, moment, later then, she certainly
1: had latitude to go say, hey, we
0: did this terrible thing. Right, 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 right. And then she murders, she keeps on murdering and keeps yeah. on murdering, and then she, like— Here's the other thing: is like they make it clear that she doesn't have to cooperate with this man, man manor, manner, matter, yeah. but she does anyway. Which, but I think like she could get a warrant or something for this. I, I don't know exactly what it was. Yeah, it's that's the thing. So you know what I'm saying is like it felt like the society had jumped three levels beyond privacy mm. invasions that that I was not aware of um, because I don't know like the world's getting pretty fucked up in what you can and cannot use as evidence for people okay. like like is it you can you can like a like a like a police officer in some instances can grab your phone because he's taking an inventory of your possessions and he's pulled you over for drinking and driving and you're drunk and then he starts scanning through and turns out he's got a conversation where you bought an eight ball 3 weeks ago from your dealer and now you're mm-hmm. getting a drug charge or like I I mean, or Facebook posts leading to on, on the and... one hand, it's like if like, like you've got the argument, like, well, if you've got nothing to hide then what's to worry about? But and, and then, you know, like I always think that's a stupid argument and anyone that still makes it hasn't thought about it for five minutes. But on the other hand, yeah, is it our are, are capital crimes like murder and rape and arson are are do we want to solve them or not? And if we had a foolproof, perfect way of doing it, why? Why is that a bad thing? Mm -hmm. Like I'm saying, like, this woman is a criminal and she should be caught and she is caught through gross, what I would perceive as a gross invasion of a person's privacy.
1: Sure. I almost kind of wish it went the other way. And it was like she hadn't murdered anybody. But she, yeah. but her memories were getting confused with her imagination by this right. machine, and or, she was convicted because if of Or what her
0: boyfriend it? and her had a consensual like it looked like she was choking him because that's uh-huh. how they like to get lo- the down and right. And, that and she got like bound. the death penalty
1: for that or something, R- right? Know? Because
0: this guy also just went missing that same night and yeah. like something like that because that's that's the that's the argument for why this is bad. Yes, because evidence is evidence but people's interpretations and people act and do weird shit all the time and also what we consider a crime changes all the time 1950s it was it was a crime to have consensual sex with another man if you're a man sure nowadays it's just life yeah. like what the fuck like, like like that's that's i guess that's the reason we have privacy i guess i i so guess i'm the, watching black mirror wrong you, I'm watching
1: Black Mirror. Right? I might be
0: watching it wrong too.
1: Right, I, I'm watching it looking for the thing that is supposed to put me off of everything they're showing me. Right, like the, the the thing that says you want none of this technology. Yeah. Where, as a matter of fact, they're actually doing stuff that, in some cases, says this technology is good and useful. Like in perhaps this
0: episode, and perhaps even the next episode. Well, like Minority Report was great for that too. If you had a if you had a system that could detect people on the threshold of committing murder uh-huh they haven't actually done it yet but you're going to get them like theoretically 30 seconds before they take the knife that they're holding and plunge it in someone's heart is that bad or is that like that, well, that the that's, minority
1: that's a, report muddies the waters by saying hey you can tamper with this yeah system. yeah, yeah that's <laughs> right right
0: right and manipulate it but yeah if you can't sure yeah, I, but like I don't this, think that's bad yeah but this technology it's like you know you'd have to have some strong controls on it like if you're mm-hmm. going in to investigate this uh, self-driving car running over somebody, which I bet mm-hmm. Elon Musk loves that shit. <laughs> yeah, right. like, like, and I, I also can't wait to see what happens in real life when the first automated car runs over and kills somebody. Yeah. It's gonna be glorious. Uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be hilarious to watch that. Like, it's gonna be a tragedy, but yeah. also, whoever gets killed first, your, your life is also gonna be this cosmic joke. That's true. Uh, that will have far-reaching impacts on how we proceed as a, as a race, and that's all ridiculous. That the fact that, like, okay, anyway, um... I don't even know where I was going. I got I got caught up in my self driving car. Uh, uh, they, oh yeah, if you're there to investigate that, if you find some heinous shit in mm-hmm. someone's memory that doesn't have anything to do with that other investigation, it should it should, it should be a non issue, right? It's like a it's like again a police they come they have a, a warrant to search something and they find evidence of some other crime. I'm not sure. Actually, I'm not sure legally what what if that's like, hey, we thought you were a child molester and you're not Mm -hmm. find any evidence of that. We found two ounces of of premium hydroponic marijuana. Mm -hmm. So you're going you're going to jail for that. Like, is that how the legal system works? I'm honestly not sure. But if it's not, which I I don't don't think it should be, because, like, that's this cop's taking a wild ass... Like, they could get a warrant for any kind of wild ass guess and find something illegal someone's doing in in their home. Like, they're stealing cable. Right. You know? I, I... but, that, yeah, like I felt like <laughs>
1: there's there's a strong argument in the other direction, which me which is you should be punished for the things you do. They're bad.
0: Sure. Just like like, you uh, know, client or um, you whether know, you did them. Patient confidentiality seven years ago goes out the window if the doctor or psychiatrist or therapist thinks you are an imminent danger to yourself or others. Right. Like like, hey, I'm I can't take my wife. I've got a gun. And I've got it loaded, and every night I come home and think of a reason why I shouldn't blow her fucking brains out. You're going to get the cops coming to your house because yeah. that's scary shit. I, right. I don't know. Like I said, it's, it's crazy because I felt like – like I just – like halfway through this episode, I'm like, this is fucking stupid. This is dumb. How in the world is she (laughs) going to disappear, all these people? Like, it's increasingly desperate and sad. It is, yeah. Like, she killed this guy. Okay, fine. Now she killed this other guy. All right. Well, he's the guy that did it originally. Uh, Now she's killing this insurance adjuster who's just busting her ass and got this young family. And, oh, Jesus Christ, she's going back to kill her husband. And, baby, (laughs) oh, my. Like, this this person transformed into a monster in the course of an hour. And what did I learn, you know?
1: Yeah, I— and that's why I say maybe this episode is trying to say it's good tech, right? Because that person was caught. Right. That person was got brought to, for to justice the murder for their of that crimes. young family. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it's a positive thing here, as portrayed in this episode.
0: Because they also showed the cost of an unsolved crime. Like that guy, what what eventually ate at that guy's guts is finding at this woman, who you know he ran like you know they went this drug fueled rave, ran over someone on the way home, and. Uh, And that woman for 15 years. This woman did not remarry. She kept this constant vigil, always expected her husband. Like, she's living in hell. She's living in hell so that they can avoid the consequences of their actions. Right. And that's not right. No, it's not. But But going and fishing around people's brains by insurance adjusters to uncover crimes. That doesn't seem right either. Doesn't seem right either. And, like, I don't know. Maybe that's it. But the thing is also the episode I felt like should have stopped at a couple of these twists. Okay. Like yeah. like the, the 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 fucking guinea pig at the mm. end, like that's where like I was already kind of starting to break on this stuff and then I just like I just can't fucking take it. I can't fucking take it. You want to take a break real quick to talk about today's sponsor of the Bald Move T V podcast, Rx Bar. Uh and you can go to RX dot com slash bald move and enter the promo code BALDMOVE at checkout to get twenty five percent off your first order. Now Rx Bar. Specializes in making uh, high quality no BS protein mm-hmm. bars. I think they mean bullshit. Th- th- that is not
1: listed as an ingredient. Certainly, it is.
0: In fact, it says no BS. Oh, okay, perfect. So I'm, I'm, I think it, and that B, B uh, s could mean sugar because there's no added sugar. Right. Or preservatives. In fact, they, they the, the labels are very. Their labels remind me of those um, you know T-shirts were all the rage where they had like John and Ringo and. George and and Paul. The other one. The other way more so I'm, famous I'm one. I'm looking at the blueberry one. <laughs> it's three egg whites, six almonds, four cashews, two dates. No, That's that's the ingredient list. Yeah. And it gives you four grams of protein. Now, if you never had protein bars, I'm not going to say these things taste like chocolate candy bars. Hmm. But I okay. will say... That these are the best protein bars I've ever tasted. <laughs> I was gonna
1: say I've had a lot of protein bars and these are easily the best.
0: The the fact like the fact that they're they 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 don't have any artificial ingredients and stuff, like that's that's pretty cool that they taste as well. But like to me, it's the bottom line is I don't feel like I need to drink a gallon of water after I have these because they're yep. unbelievably moist.
1: Yeah, a lot of protein bars use like whey or rice proteins. These right. are you're actually getting egg your whites. proteins from egg whites, so sure. supposedly
0: the easiest for your body to digest yeah and they they're moist and they are they are delicious and i feel like like because like a lot of other protein bars i eat i'm like oh jesus i have to drink all the water because mm-hmm. these things are these things are dry it's like dehydrated peanut butter it's stuck to the roof of my mouth okay. and i'm I'm not choking it down without five gallons of water right these these are delicious yeah they're, and they come in a lot of different flavors so and, and here here's my bone to pick with rx bar i'm allergic to cashews y'all I can only eat your peanut and chocolate peanut butter. Look what Uh, Jim gets. Jim gets blueberry. Jim gets mixed berry. Jim gets coconut chocolate. Jim doesn't even like coconut. I love coconut. Yeah, Jim's girlfriend gets coconut. Jim gets chocolate sea salt, and they all have four cashews, four cashews, four cashews, four cashews. There
1: there are flavors that you can definitely participate in. There's a chocolate peanut butter, which is really good.
0: And and peanut butter, yeah, and they're so good. I want to. They. they I, I need an, an aaron rx bar mm-hmm. that is. They take the cashews out and they put in. I don't know almonds <laughs> or peanuts or anything. Yeah, because uh, I, I. They they're so good. I want to try these other flavors. I'm craving them. Yeah, but I can't. I can't have them because well,
1: I'm allergic. I mean there there are eleven different flavors to to try. So,
0: but that's not their that's not their fault. No. I was just born with an allergy to cashews. Yeah. Uh, so if you don't. If you can't eat cashews, mm-hmm. there's no reason for you not to go to rxbar.com slash baldmove and try these delicious protein bars out and get 25% off your first order, rxbar.com slash baldmove. Well,
1: uh, maybe we should talk about the next one, uh, 404, Hang the DJ.
0: Hang the DJ, directed by Tim Van Patten, uh, starring Georgina Campbell, which I really liked. I've not seen her in anything before. And also Joe Cole, who I did not. And <laughs> I didn't really see, like, so this is an ep- this is an episode about a future, well, it purports to be an episode about a future where people have this app that is essentially the matchmaker. Mm-hmm. It puts them in random combinations of relationships, measures their happiness, and eventually arrives at a decision that 99.2% of the time works every time. 99.8%. 8% of the yeah. time. 99.8% of the time works every time and they live forever or they live forever and ever happy ever after but like you can you can meet someone at the bar um there's a lot of questions i have about the society but you meet someone at the bar and you look at your app and it says your relationship will last for 12 hours Mm -hmm. oh well i get i'm really hitting it off with this person what do i do and then i'm with the person for a year that i hate like and and every time you ask the app it says everything happens for a reason. I really like the premise of this episode, but I have a lot of questions.
1: I had a million questions until the end of it, and now I have zero. Okay, because it's not—it's not a real world. It's not a real place. It's—it's it's all happening in a simulation inside of a computer, uh, which is giving you the score that you see on fucking Tinder or OK Cupid or yeah. whatever the hell dating app right. you're on. Which to me is—is is easily. Of all the Black Mirror episodes I've ever seen, the most positive one, because it says, look how useful of a thing
0: this app is doing for yeah, you. Yeah, like people because shit you... on online dating, right. but it's far less crazy than what we did Dude, throughout yeah. all of human history. Like Arranged a... marriages, going for drunken hookups at bars, yeah. dating people that you work with, madness, all madness. Friends of friends who right. may or may
1: not be cool. Like, Right, exactly.
0: Blind dates, yeah. are you kidding
1: me? You can, you can get a fairly accurate representation of someone in a digital format here I, that, that's boiled down into a number, yeah.
0: 99.8 in this case, that tells yeah. you how likely they are to be good for you. Yeah. I mean, when I was using OkCupid, I met my, my wife, uh-huh. and we were 92% compatible. And we have been together over uh, like we we've we've known each other for seven years. We've been together for five, and we've been married one, and we're fantastically happy, and everything's awesome. Yeah, that's way better than I think the results are of just like randomly trying to figure out like whose ethos and, and 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 you know likes and dislikes match up like like some scientific method in up in this bitch. Right. Ain't bad at all. But that's (laughs) the thing, the 99... So I think the 99 point you're supposed to understand is they ran a simulation between these two people. Yeah. And, like, they ran it a thousand times and 998 of them ended up getting married in this... this. Yeah,
1: broke out of the the confines of the
0: wall, like, followed their passion, right? Right. But that's, like, a seems like an unnecessarily complex simulation.
1: Yeah, I think... I mean, it's there more for, like, the audience to tell us, hey, these are the things you would have to experience yeah, if it weren't for this app. You I wish it was a real to-
0: world, and that was the final test before they allow you to get to permanent matches that you were willing to but- do this, right. like, fucking midnight run or Logan's run or, you know, you're willing to, like, uh, completely break – like, you're re- re- willing to be like the Truman – Truman from the Truman Show. You're yeah. Gonna, you're going to escape the dome. Uh-huh. Uh, you're that sure you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be a fugitive from society. That's how sure you want to be with this person. And then it ends up being a simulation and like, what a crazy weird detailed simulation of this is. And also, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, coming out the tail end of like the USS Callister, are all those people real? Did the, 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 the <laughs> yeah, thousand couples <laughs> get annihilated in in this instant because these two people are meeting at a bar and want to see if they're going to be happy fucking each other for the rest of their lives? Like, Do they have their DNA? That's my question. <laughs> right,
1: right, right. Um, no, I, I thought it was cool because it's both like this weird feel of a dystopian kind of future where, like like you said, this app kind of controls who you're going to be with um, and, and kind of learns and gets gets to know you and then says this is a perfect match but then it's also it turns out to be like a real world grounding yeah. at the very end where a lot of the times like the the black mirror episodes will stay in some far-flung future with a crazy piece of tech right right this in a in a really cool way for me grounded it in our current reality hmm. in in a piece of technology like it used this weird like future thing
0: with the the little chip they have or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. to kind
1: of tell me something about the real world in a very concrete way, which I thought was awesome.
0: Yeah, You're right. Cause like me and Cecily when we were watching this, we're like, what the fuck do these people yeah. do for jobs? Do they actually <laughs> right. have other houses or they just live in these love nests? So they're like whole communities of young people that they can't get out until they've been matched up. And they're, they, uh-huh. they just sit there at the park and they boat and they have dinners and they go to wedding ceremonies and that's it until you get out. Like, you have your self-driving car drive you to your one-night stand. Like, what? How the fuck? But then it's like, oh, I guess it's a simulation, so why would you simulate the boring shit? Sure. But the boring shit is a big... So I guess I kept on pushing back. Like, the boring shit's a... Because a, a, a ver- the, the real-life version of the woman that we like, you know, she's got like a na- nose piercing and half her head shaved. And she's like a very different look and ethos of what I saw, the simulated version of her. And I don't know what... I didn't have an yeah. impression of the dude. That's true. Like... How is that a valid simulation? You're running the fucking leave it the beaver version of this person. Yeah, maybe that's hmm. maybe that's what they're trying to say. I, I don't know. I don't know about that
1: part. I didn't consider it.
0: But it's like a low res simulation. that only so simulates their sexual and like downtime compatibility. Yeah, like how they see work life balance. Nah, fuck that. Kids, mm-hmm. meh. Um, I did yeah. like the I did like the thing where. When he unilaterally, like they, like, you know, like one of the things is we both have this Palm Pilot thing that you clip to your arm, and that's like your advisor, and it tells you about the dating stuff and it gives you dating advice. And,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and one of the things is you can choose to look at how long your relationship is going to last, but you have to both opt into that. Yeah. And the, uh, uh, Joel Cole, he at one point unilaterally, cause things he gets, he gets, uh, he had this one night stand with this woman. Then he had a miserable year long relationship with someone. while she went through a variety of of sexual flings, yeah. flings, just banging, and they get thrown back together. Uh-huh. And they're like, you know what? This time, let's not let's buck the trend. Let's not look at or let's not look at how long this relationship's going to last. And it's going so well for him that he cracks and he can't help. And it, and it says like seven years, and he's kind of delighted. Like that's mm-hmm. like what what would the, what would you know if I do if you found out that like you're going to be with your girlfriend seven more years? I mean that that's a good amount of time. It's not the,
1: it's not the like perfect amount of time. That's not how we. But that's but not how it's people, like, yeah. Like what is the okay. perfect amount of time? Well, I mean, especially in that moment, like you want to be with him forever. right? Is she going like, to
0: die? Are we going to get tired of each other? Am I going to die? Well,
1: I mean, more importantly, yeah. The, every every moment that you're in love, you want to be with that person forever. Right, and then and when there you're is out of no love. amount of time that it could say like. 32 years well yeah. shit i mean that's still not long enough
0: and i like the other the other side of that like when she she got with this one guy for three months or whatever uh-huh. that he just had this thing where every time he took a drink he went yeah ah. and that that was her that was like eating crackers in bed for her she just couldn't fucking stand it and like yeah she just sullenly she has to stay with this guy for three more months like this like oh my god i am so ready to be out but i can't mm-hmm. It's like it it showed both sides of that. Like the fact that when you're happy, you can't imagine life without this person and when that shit flips, yeah. I think everybody who's older than 20 years old have probably seen both sides of that. Mm-hmm. Uh when it flips like you fucking can't wait to get out of the relationship. So that was all super interesting. It's like the the it, stuff that they tangentially brought up mm-hmm. was more interesting than the main the, the main thing of the episode, I guess. Yeah, I guess like that
1: number of when it comes back 5 years or whatever. It's like that becomes your whole focus. And, right. and I th- I think that was the important thing that made the relationship so great in the first place is right. they didn't look at it and so they never thought about it, right? Like right. they were enjoying the moment whereas if you're thinking ahead to like oh how is this all going to pan out? Yeah. Is this person going to love me forever? Like what happens when they don't? Like right that for him like the reason the time kept getting shorter and shorter is because that was his focus right I also
0: think it's the broken trust like you, the system that thought too. you yeah. were co- uh, compatible because you had similar ideas of dishonesty and then when you broke the trust like it's mm-hmm. weird it's almost like a way to to look at the exam- the, the examine cheating without any of the like well you stuck your dick in somebody else kind of like drama yeah. that goes along with it because ultimately right. the problem with cheating is that it's a breach of trust sure and, you know, trust is required for any kind of intimate relationship. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Jim and I's relationship requires trust. Uh, you know, if all family relationships require that. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously it's not necessarily infidelity because there's been tons of relationships that are open or on one side or the other. Um, I don't know. Like I said, the sum <laughs> of the episode is much more than – or oh, uh, regard the other way. The parts of the episode were much more than its sum. I thought. Hmm. Okay, for for me, the the sum of it was holy shit. Black Mirror just
1: did a positive technology episode. <laughs> it, I kept like at the very end. I was confused by it. I was very fucking confused because I was looking right. for the dark twist and yeah. it never came. And in fact, the opposite happened. Yeah. And I'm like, what did that just say to me? Yeah, almost I, like, I almost said there's no way Black Mirror could do something positive yeah. on technology.
0: Yeah, it's surprisingly And it eventually su- came around sweet, to it. But. And also that, like, maybe this is the story of what these simulations are perceiving, because that's why the world is kind of, like, very rounded and sanded, because there are, there are limits to the simulation, and they're kind of confused. And there's also this thing about they couldn't remember... The first time they met, there's something like they 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 couldn't remember yeah. details of the 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 past, and like I, I thought there was a lot of tells yeah. that if you watched the episode again, you could go through and like oh well it's obvious here's where the simul this is this is the part of the simulation that's yeah you know doing this one thing, but it's weird because it's one sided because like I felt like like Joe got to experience seeing Georgina with some other dude, but she didn't get, like, so that's an interesting experience of, like, okay, we'll test that and see how he feels about that, and that might feed into your simulation about how much he loves her, but then where was the, where was the analog for, I guess she saw, they were both with someone. But it, Oh, that's right, yeah. But it seemed clear that, yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, maybe I'd have to see this episode a few more times, which I would probably not gonna do.
1: Yeah, and I like at the end how it's not this sure thing right they don't yeah. they don't play it as if like they should obviously immediately just hook up and they'll be happy forever they kind of play it almost a little a little cautious right like they get this 99.8% rat match rating and they kind of look at each other across the room but it's not like this immediate love connection it's yeah. it's more like should we try this kind of thing like yeah cuz bring... it's not a guarantee you
0: don't look at the number on the dating app and say boom that's it well match, that's match for sure. Yeah, and the fact that it's ninety nine point eight percent, I thought was really funny too. Because imagine you're that point two percent, right? Yeah, that, like, and also like, you know, if you're in the throes of the early stages of a hormonal relationship, the temptation to think, like, it's almost um, ultra romantic. We're the point two percent that the system doesn't get. We're fucking <laughs> Rome. We're the star-crossed fucking simulated lovers. You know, like, right? Like, it's almost. I think I would I would find it more like better for society if it was like eighty seven percent effective, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Or like seventy five percent. It's better than just fucking around. But there's problems. You can't simulate people. I I, I thought it was delicious the ninety nine point eight mm-hmm. percent, because that means for the vast majority of time you're going to be fine. But like, imagine meeting a married couple that's into point two percent. Everyone right. around you is marital bliss. And you hate each other, uh-huh. and there is no recourse for you. No one's going to believe Stuck you forever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are we ready to move on to Metalhead? Yeah, Metalhead, uh, directed by David Slade. Uh, Strike. There is a couple striking episodes. Like as much as I did not like Crocodile, mm-hmm. all that shit filmed in Iceland um, was gorgeous. Yeah, was absolutely gorgeous. And this is a fairly conventional sci-fi horror film filmed in stark black and white. Mm-hmm. Uh it stars Maxine Peak, essentially like it's it's her and a robotic dog for almost the entire episode. I thought this was awesome because it came I was I was in no way expecting uh like I kept, you know, like the first ten minutes the, I'm like, what the hell is this about? And then it became clear what it's gonna be about. Then I had so many questions about the world, and every time I found out more about the world that poor Maxine lives in, it got more and more confusing. Do you want to like set up for the listeners like what like what is the 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 pitch on this episode? I
1: mean, it seems to be the pitch is there is some kind of post-apocalypse setting where um, humans are in the minority and hunted by these dogs is what they call them, but they're little metal robots with four legs that have an array of weapons, which um, by the way, and those tracking are tracking
0: capabilities. What's cool about these robots is like that's that's on the cutting edge of locomotion. Like there are actually laboratories yeah. making these robots right now, and they move <laughs> and look almost exactly like these little quadrupedal things do. Yeah, like this, and, is... and that's the whole premise. Like that's that's it. But see, at first, the first half of the episode, until she got to the what well, was obviously the rich man's gated complex. Mm-hmm. I thought this this was going to be a story of what happens with the 1% when they attain, like, all wealth and automation and they don't need anybody to – and, like, you've got all these – like, you, me, factory workers, doctors, lawyers, everybody that doesn't already have a billion dollars. Uh, if you it, it, uh, you need medicine for your child, well, we're going to guard the warehouse the medicine's kept for the rich people <laughs> with these yeah. robotic dogs and you'll be killed like scum because that's kind of – it's kind of how we treat poor people right now. Mm. Like if you don't have a place, you don't have a place to live. You can't take care of yourself. You can't keep yourself on the streets. We'll will at best herd you up into camps. At worst, will will run. We'll treat you like criminals and run you out of town or lock you up. Um, and there's a segment of our population that's happy with those types of people just dying. Um, so I thought it was going to be that. And then when they got to the rich man's house. And he's committed, like, maybe that's how it started and it got away from him. Um, But he had committed, (laughs) you know, obviously suicide. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and and then at the end, I guess, yeah. I I, I guess I'm still kind of confused about, I want to know more about the world and how it happened. Like, I felt like this is Terminator 7, and I didn't see Terminator 1 through 6. I didn't know what happened to Sarah Connor. I didn't know about D-Day. I didn't know about... All those things.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, that's why I'm. This was maybe my third least favorite. Oh, I really liked um, it of of this series, but I I it just didn't have anything to say. Like it was a horror movie about robots. Yeah, no, it was it was well made, um, and it was tense, but it didn't have anything to say, which is why I watch Black Mirror. Hmm. So, it, it, I mean, the only thing that it could have possibly had to say is humanity is fucked if this ever happens because of our weaknesses which are emotions. Right? Because at the end we see what she was actually out there trying to get right. for presumably this kid who is dying of some disease or something. Right. Um, it's not she's dying, it's not of, medication. She's dying of robots. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's not medication, it's not like the the thing that's going to ease his or her pain. In those right. last
0: few days, is a teddy bear, right? A particular teddy bear of a type that they already owned, and maybe it got lost because of the nomadic existence. Like right. there's a whole backstory behind. They're looking for a particular serial model, and they've tracked it down. And yeah, but I, I thought the actual tech of the dogs was fascinating. Like, how, what a character it was, and like the moment, mm. the, the yeah. little moments of triumph, like where she pulled the the tracking. Fragment out of her leg, and then put it in a water bottle and threw it in a river. And then her idea of like trapping this—I guess it's a solar-powered dog—into this cycle of like shutdown. And it's got a treed. right? And she throws things at it to every like she she has a countdown of when it like enters power-down mode, and she wakes it back up to make it go through its whole cycle so it's dead, Mm -hmm. and she can effect an escape. And like the way. I mean, it's also awesome, like, the you know, how much monumental Herculean effort she did when it put into killing this one thing. And then, uh, you know, at the end, there's just hundreds of them.
1: Yeah, and I mean, even even when she kills it, it it sticks her with more of the trackers. Right, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, In a place
0: where she can't remove it from. Yeah, like, when it picked up that fucking knife and started, putting, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. It turned it into its appendage, yeah. This is horrifying. And, and, and- when it, like, went at the wall
1: um, yeah. Before it, would,
0: it goes at her leg. Yeah. Cause she's, she, she, what she, she covered its optical sensors with paint and then yeah. she played music. So it's just wildly stabbing at speakers and things. And it's like, you know, methodically destroying every speaker in this card. It's playing this music. Like it's, it's yeah. fucking horrifying, man. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, it, it's been a while since I've been that afraid of a robot. Like maybe going back to T1000. Cause mm. it had that kind of like, it's going to never stop until it gets to. Yeah. Um, And how like I because I I I was kind of disappointed honestly to go see it go post apocalyptic because I thought the better hook would be, you know, like like if it was this was reported on the news as another desperate junkie trying to get its fix, you know, and like you know (laughs) like a law order was and you don't see this like desperate struggle and it's just, you know,
1: yeah, that would have been a more interesting twist to me than the teddy bear, honestly.
0: Yeah, but. It is a like it's a tight forty seven minute slasher pick starring a robot mm. dog, and <laughs> yep. it was uh, it is pretty good for a bleak because it was like five degrees below zero at, at, late at night when I saw this and it was it was just what I wanted. Hmm. Uh, now let's get to another I thought wildly successful episode: Black yeah. Museums, uh, written, or uh, directed by Colm McCarthy. Um and it stars Douglas Hodge, which I hadn't. I only seen playing. Uh, I think this guy's name is Inspector Busk from uh, Penny Dreadful, hmm. and Letitia Wright, who I don't think I've ever seen in anything before. Um, and this is the is this the closest I've felt to watching like a Tales from the Dark Side. This is this is this is Black Mirror. This is Black Mirror's version of Tales from the Dark Side.
1: Yeah, this was a really good one. This was like all the reasons I come to Black Mirror.
0: Yeah. So it was, it's like a, it almost seemed like an anthology. And I was wondering up until like the final minutes of the show, what is it that's going to tie all of these things together? Mm-hmm. And they did it and it was, it was pretty, it was pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. They did it through a lot of the, the technologies that were used throughout the, this series. Right. Um, like you get the, the brain scan stuff uh, and interface stuff from uh, USS Callister at uh-huh. the beginning and like the DNA scanners. You can yep. see all of these like trophy pieces in the museum. Right. Um, from previous episodes. Uh, and I like that a lot. And yeah, I mean, the, the premise of it is uh, you. Th- it starts off, you think there is uh, a girl driving her solar powered Cadillac through the desert. Um, just on her way somewhere, and she stumbles across this black museum, which is a cataloging of all of the uh, historical pieces of technology that have gone horribly wrong. It's like, yeah, the Black Mirror Museum. Right. Um, And and so you think it's just her touring this museum, and it turns out there's this criminal there um, who (laughs) had been convinced to allow himself to to be recorded uh, when he was electrocuted. In an electric chair before he was killed, and have his consciousness moved to some kind of uh some kind of pod for storage mm-hmm. um and it turns out that uh this girl who has stopped at the Black Museum is actually his daughter um and that this this criminal has had his copy of himself being tortured there for years and years by the the proprietor of the museum, mm-hmm. just being electrocuted over and over again and being Commoditized, amu- turn into amusement. trinkets for yeah. the visitors to each, buy.
0: Each one of those also a fully formed version of his consciousness right. that's stuck in the moment of being electrocuted forever.
1: Right. And so she, turns out, is here to avenge her father and yeah. to set him free.
0: Yeah. And there's a lot of overlapping technologies that they slowly – because this guy the, – the, the the hook is this 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 man who's the proprietor of the Black Museum was a – like an R&D man at a pharmaceutical company that had pioneered, yeah. like, three different types of technologies. The first was uh, the ability to strap on a helmet and feel – no, it was an implant that the guy got that then they could strap on a helmet and they he could feel what was happening – to a person's body and he was a doctor, right. so like he could instantly feel exactly what his patient was feeling and he catalogued like what an append a burst appendix feels like mm. and what a heart attack a heart attack and, feels yeah. like and all these different things and he got like to be a pain junkie. Uh yep. and I forget how that ended up. Uh
1: he ended up inflicting pain on himself, but he couldn't sustain that, so he went and killed some bums and but then uh, like he
0: got into like some kind of pain coma. That was where we last left him. He just did horrific things, too. And uh, there's a lot of, like, truly horrifying things. Like, this man's a doctor, and he gets addicted to pain. And, you know, the place he works at starts realizing how bad this is and how compromised he is. Because he's, like, letting patients hang on the the pain of death and getting high on it. And oh, like, and, then, and then one of his patients
1: died on the bed right. while he was hooked up to them, and that became the ultimate feeling for right. him. So He like he chasing
0: it. He gets furloughed, and he's sitting in his apartment, and he's a doctor, so he knows exactly what he can do to his own body mm-hmm. to extract maximum pain and suffering but not kill him, and it's it's some fucking gross shit. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, like you said, he he, he, kills a, he kills a bum in pretty horrific fashion. Uh, he does all this uh, this terrible shit. The second vignette is he talks about um a man who's married to a woman and they have a daughter and she dies in childbirth right um she goes into a coma in she childbirth. goes into a coma yeah. And they have this technology where they cannot restore her life, but they can take her body, download it and in in and, and plant it inside another human his his unused brain space his unused brain space, which is <laughs> this is starting to be like yeah, okay yeah, yeah. Like, like it's one thing to do you know like this this border pseudoscience but whatever um and the idea of like what it would be like to have a a hitchhiker in your consciousness mm-hmm. that you know. <laughs> it's it's one thing to agree to be married to somebody, but now they're with you twenty four seven. You can't ever move on because your wife is now in your head and you're gonna try to move on with another woman and what is she gonna think about that and and like like the like the horrifying implications of what that would be. So
1: And then they take it even one more horrifying step farther. Yeah. Which is the guy eventually gets fed up with it and they have a mechanism to transfer her to another brain. Um, this
0: time, an artificial one inside of a teddy bear that has very limited ability to express itself. It can say, yeah. "Teddy, Teddy wants a hug, and Teddy loves you." Right. And like, what happens when the child gets bored of that toy? And uh, just like, what? A, like, I mean, that's like fucking Metallica's one, essentially. Uh, Being like, it's right. not as it's not as grisly as a uh, as a as a. Uh, a, a a, a, a soldier that's lost his limbs and his eyes and his, but it's still like that kind of like I have no mouth and I must scream kind of like what the fuck would you do as an intelligent person and then the fact that you realize as he's telling the story that this woman is still alive and she's still in this teddy bear and she's in this glass fucking case like Annabelle right. from the Conjuring movies like holy uh. shit that's terrible
1: oh and it doesn't even end there right like the, right. the final reveal is pretty amazing right
0: um, where so, so she takes all of these techno So the 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 man's daughter takes all of these technologies, mm-hmm. and she's drugged this guy, which is something they also do really smart. That they uh, she's she's sur-tepish, surreptitiously surreptitiously uh, hacked his building to disable the air conditioner, so mm-hmm. it's hot. Yep. And he bums a drink of her water, which she's poisoned, mm-hmm. and he gets paralyzed. And then she essentially uses a combination of all these technologies. To load his consciousness into the simulated consciousness of her father yep. and then electrocute him. Because there's the thing is, like, I guess you can only electrocute this simulation for up to 15 seconds before it loses its neural cohesion. Yeah. So she executes this guy inside her father's consciousness at full blast 15 seconds and then saves that his eternal torment on her keychain. Mm-hmm. And then it reveals that her mom, right. who committed suicide a while back, uh-huh is is hitchhiking in her consciousness yeah which then starts you start thinking was this was this a happy ending as far as revenge fantasy goes or not because what is that going to be like oh yeah like it's all fun and games and you're riding shotgun to your daughter pursuing her course of vengeance but now uh, now what
1: yeah no now you're you're that couple who who uh their mother was in a coma right transferred in and you get tired of living with somebody else sure. in your head sure yeah uh yeah so it's not all it's not all candy and, and, <laughs> and gumdrops in the end and like
0: eternal executions yeah. yeah there's some there's some darkness on the margins of the, but this shit was incredibly dark almost like an over the top like goofy way at points yeah and how much they like went for broke on showing this doctor disfiguring himself and the torment this man was facing through being uh you know and also like the weird relationship the original mom had with the stepmom where mm. like there's a scene where the like the new stepmom grabs the teddy bear and pins it to the wall wall's like listen bitch right you're going to do this is the way it's going to be and if not and like it's like teddy bear can't feel anything it's it's, it's a like... it's yeah it's black it's it's black comedy sure and for the black um but the also the fact that you just never know in Black Mirror whether things are going to be bad, that things are going to be good, or they're going to be in between, how yeah. fucked up it's going to get. Like, I always find watching a Black Mirror to be particularly tense. Because all the cinematic inventions I usually cling to, like, well, the good guys are going to win, everything's going to yeah. be okay. Like, no. No. And it's not... They don't even do it the opposite. Like like they they mix it up to so where you really you really never
1: know. That's the thing I think this season taught me is to not expect a certain thing going into Black Mirror episodes, and that's tough because, because I did previously. Because
0: when are you in the mood to watch Black Mirror?
1: Uh, usually when I'm looking for something dark and dystopian, <laughs>
0: but but then you might get an uplifting thing. I know. It's like that's yeah. the thing. It's like it's like my least favorite types of chocolate are to fucking. Uh, sampler packs. Oh yeah, the chocolate boxes with all the different kinds. Because I'm gonna bite some, I'm gonna be, be, bite into something that looks delicious and chocolatey and it's gonna taste like ass.
1: This is worse because usually they give you the key on the, on the lid, right? To right. so where you can say, okay, well this is no, chocolate this, and caramel.
0: This is just a crapshoot. This might be comedy, it might yeah. be incredibly dark, it might be depra- depressing and make you want to cry, it might make you angry, very angry in a visceral way that lasts for you for days and like Yeah, that's my problem with it is like if they're going to keep dropping this like the week after Christmas. I'm going to have to start saying I'm going to get to this around Valentine's Day Uh because that's what that's that's when I just don't like, you know, like middle of February, like the tail end of winter. I'm not giving a fuck. Uh, I give too many fucks during the the month of December to to ha- to be bummed <laughs> out by the oppressive s- dogs and yeah. and mothers hijacking people's brains and eternal torments of the spotless mind. Like I, I, that's that's my one criticism. Like I'm I'm never like in the mood for Black Mirror because I don't know what Black Mirror's. Well, there give, is no mood for Black
1: me. Mirror, right? It's it's so many different moods, right? Um, and you never know what you're gonna get, like you said. So I. I need Yeah, I think the show has a problem in that regard, but not one that will keep me from watching it.
0: Each episode needs an emoji. Yeah. It needs like a smiley yeah. face, an angry face, a sad face, a hmm, you know like like, you know, it needs it, it, they need at least an emoji so you know what you're going in. Yeah. I need I need the I need the sampler pack key. I need to know whether this is going to be a raspberry tart or it's got c- f- coconut in it or, you know, like what is what is like the, what is the the creamy thing I'm going to be biting into?
1: Maybe Bald Move can provide that for people. Yeah. Maybe we can watch it and we can assign
0: smiley faces. You know what? That would be a good idea for going forward is like uh, our first five minutes of a Black Mirror podcast is here's the six episodes. Mm -hmm. Number one's funny. Number two is a thinker. Number three is horror is horrific. Yep. Yeah. I think. Yeah, that might that might be good. If we remember, we'll cover season five (laughs) like that. (laughs)
1: Uh, But I, I really did enjoy this final episode. I thought it was great. Um, and it
0: combined all of the, there's also a lot of, t- there's also a lot of tension because it's called the black museum. Yeah. And there's an, there, it stars a, a, a black woman that comes up to this disheveled establishment in the middle of the American desert run by this cagey white dude. And I'm like, oh, and she has an English accent. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dear God, don't tell me this is some dystopian American, and they're going to literally lure her into a black museum where she's going to be an yeah. exhibit. I was, I was worried about that. I thought as it was well. going to go yeah. like total dystopian, racial kind of like, like, and you know that. I guess that would have been an interesting thing to explore too. But it could like, have been. Sure. This was, uh, it was it was more challenging bleak. than I wanted at that moment. Right. And I'm glad it went the direction it went. <laughs> right. I'm glad her father just was a, a wrongfully. Uh, imprisoned man who has it had to die nothing to do e- with his skin e- color. Right. Well, and that's the other thing that was kind of funny is like, did you notice that that story was the, f- was like on in the background news? Like that, that horrific murder that he got accused of was, was a news segment that the doctor was watching. Huh? And then there was something else about, no, I didn't. Yeah. There was something else about like in, in the backgrounds that they, they had all these, this, this, this world that was tightly wound together. And that's yeah. another thing that like, um, uh, that Cecily kept pointing out is like there the the song that was like the trigger song in Crocodile yep. was the same one that uh, Sybil from same Down Abbey sang in and that that show oh uh, in season one and that show that she was the reality show was a reality huh. show it was on in the background on one of the TV they like Black Mirror does a lot of self-referential <laughs> shit is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I don't know how you reconcile all those different worlds together. I don't think you can. But it's probably just a funny it's Easter egg. Yeah, yeah.
0: it's it's just it's just Easter egg stuff, and it's it's easier to do that than clear original. You know, new new sure. IP. Yeah, like, instead of getting American Idol and try to cut Simon Kalachek, just just make make essentially dystopian American Idol. Yep. Uh, yeah, but another. I, I guess. I was reading David Chin's take on this because he came back he came out of retirement to write a blog entry, um, where he, he was rating the things. And one one thing he said, he goes, I'm I'm actually sort of amazed that four seasons into this experiment that Black Mirror retains the idea to tell as many big original thought provoking ideas as they do, because it's really easy to make six episodes. It's it's it starts getting hard at twelve, 18 – at when you're when you're at twenty four hours of thought-provoking crazy shit that happens as a result of just the intersection of... Te- it's, not, it's not the Twilight Zone where you could go supernatural, you could go sci-fi, you could go religious. You, you right. really have this one lane that you gotta stay in and I, I agree with him. I'm, I'm amazed that uh, Charlie Brooker is able to keep this thing as fresh and, and as awesome as it is. Yeah, I'm looking forward to next season
1: and going back to season three because I haven't seen that yet.
0: Uh so yeah, that's that's our ball that's our our, our, our Black Mirror coverage for twenty seventeen. Uh wha- I don't know when we'll be back. I know we've got a bunch of things planned. We have uh, an idea for like a roundup episode for some things we missed in twenty seventeen we want to talk about. I know we want to get back to Star Trek Discovery. Mm-hmm. Um there are like a couple of those things that are kind of lurking in the in the near future, so we'll look out for them. And also uh the Baldies uh award show our our fourth annual. Mm -hmm. fourth annual longest running internet podcasting award show by two middle-aged dudes from the midwest (laughs) entering its fourth year it'll be out uh, next week and if you if you don't know what the baldies is it's our it's award show where we crown like best drama and comedy and actor and and all this other stuff and we have fun with it and, and it's like an hour show but we also release like Unlike other less accountable award shows, we released 12 hours of content of us deliberating. So you know that it was in no way scientific. It's no, but it, but, but we at least, where sh- we clearly show our biases and we show why we valued one thing over the other. And you can, you can go into as exhaustive a detail as you want. Uh, and there'll be a lot of content coming out next week. Um, until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.